You are listening to Here Now Podcast, where we dive deep into faith, hearing loss, and lifestyle, and talk about all the things that you need to be equipped in this journey we call life. I'm your host, Sophia Labano, and this show is here for you to find encouragement in the everyday life that God created for you. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Thanks for your support. Now let's get into the show. Hello, you guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Here and Now Podcast. I'm so, so, so excited to welcome Jay today from Time of Jay Media. She's so cool. Her vibe is just so fun. I mean, her background, I'm looking at it right now. It's just awesome. So Jay, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hey, well, I'm excited to have this conversation today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. My name is Dre Fox, and I'm a social media expert and entrepreneur located here in Austin, Texas. Essentially, what I spend my days doing is educating people on how to master and monetize their powerful message online in a variety of programs that I run. Um, And it has really been an interesting ride over the past three years, but it is just such a beautiful thing being self-employed and impacting all of my students every single day. Absolutely. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is so you can bring that girl boss entrepreneurship energy to us. So um, how would you explain what you do in a nutshell to somebody who just kind of comes across your page besides you're just a very fun person in general? (laughs) The most simple way to describe it, I believe, is I'm an online educator. So if you were to go into school and learn something, instead, you would do it with me one to one. So I run anything from private coaching, kind of similar to what we're doing right now, to courses and things that people are able to join depending on where they're at in their Instagram journey to either monetize as an entrepreneur or as an influencer. So I would say essentially I'm a coach across the board. Awesome. Yeah. So walk us through, how did you get started in this, this field? Yeah. You know, the long winded journey, I'll be brief is that I used to be a pastry chef. So when people hear that, they're like, how did you go from pastry chef to doing this whole thing? Um, I grew up in Missoula, Montana and, you know, Missoula, Montana is a lovely place, but boy, if you're making $30,000 a year there, you are like making good money, you know, (laughs) peanuts, you know, if you're doing anything, you're killing it. And so my life was really a summation of that. I was really happy working in a, um, the University of Montana's mess hall. And then I became a chef and I like really enjoyed all that stuff. And one day I woke up and I was like, I think that if I stay here forever, I'm going to do this forever. So mm. I packed up my car and moved sight unseen to Austin, Texas. I didn't have an apartment, no friends, no job, didn't know where I was going or what I was doing. And I just showed up. And now I've been here for 12 years, but the very first thing that I did when I moved here was I went back to college. And when I did that, they asked me to get an internship, which I hadn't done in Montana. And I got an internship with a social media software company and they essentially hired me on like right away without experience, without the degree, without the, like the knowledge that I probably should have had, um, So I got lucky in that sense that I kind of stumbled my way into a great job. But over time, I realized, one, I was not cut out for working for other people and sitting at a desk all the time. Um, And two, this, this knowledge that I was learning working with Fortune 500 social media teams deserved to be shared 
with people like you and I. Mm -hmm. And so I started an Instagram account, just kind of sharing what I thought and what I knew. And it took off of people saying, can you teach me how to do that? And so that's where the business started. Amazing. Why Austin? Just random? I was definitely tired of the cold. I was definitely tired of the gloom and Austin has a lot of fun. And, you know, honestly, my sister recommended it. She said, you should move to Charlotte or you should move to Austin. And I picked Austin and I drove here. That's awesome. I've never been to Texas, so it seems like a great place to be. That's awesome. You just seem like you have so many fun things to do when, you know, I'm looking on your Instagram and whatever. So that's so fun. So, wow, 12 years in Austin. That's great. So what motivated you to do the work that you do and help others in this way? Yeah, I I tell people this a lot because when creators come to me and they say they want to monetize, I'm always curious why. Because if we do things only for the money, we will burn out and we will feel really uninspired by our own work quite quickly. People think it's really exciting to make money and it is, but if that's the only thing you're in it for, you won't last. So I always am fired up by my passion to help other people see that there is a different way to go about things. My whole life, I'm I'm not exaggerating. My parents were very traditional. It was like, get a job, get a husband, have the two kids, do not travel, save your pennies, like all of the phrases that you could imagine (laughs) here. And the thought of me becoming an online entrepreneur, especially on social media for them, they were like, this is hocus pocus. It cannot, (laughs) right. It cannot be. Yeah. And now that I've seen the power of what can happen when you use the platform for good, that is what gets me that's what gets me up every morning because I do believe that I am not special or different than anyone else. And that everyone could have this if they learned and implemented and did all the steps they could get there too. Yeah. So what do your parents think now, right? You're so successful. (laughs) You know, it's a little complicated. So they, um, they think it's great that I'm doing something that I love. They don't particularly understand what Instagram is or what social media is for because I have a sister who's in a traditional job and I think, and she's incredibly successful in a traditional job. So I think for them, when they see our successes, they do still view them differently because they're like, isn't it great that she got promoted to VP of this big company? And I'm like, well, I'm the president of this company, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but the perception is, I think the perception will always be skewed. And I've, I've come to grips with that. I know. I was going to say on my LinkedIn profile, I write like CEO of my company. I was like, why not? Like I ran this thing. I built it from the ground and people are just like, how do you get there? And I'm like, I self-promoted, like I made this happen and it's the best part about the job. So that's so true. How would you, I mean, just as a side question, measuring success in this type of business, how do you, how do you do that? Do you count by numbers? What is success in your mind? For me as a coach, I do view my client success as a part of my success. Any good coach will say your client success actually is not your, your success because people are responsible for their own actions and how Mm -hmm. they information. But I believe that the work that I do is good and actually makes an impact on other people. And when I see that with their own perceived success, whatever they benchmark that by could be a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. I then view my work as important 
or interesting. Um, also, it definitely feels really great and validating to be recognized. You know, I've been in Forbes multiple times and a lot of these other bigger or um, media outlets and things like that. And I just never thought that that would be possible for me. I never thought that would be my life. And now that I'm here, um, that really feels like a success for me. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Forbes, that's huge. How was that for you? Were you just overjoyed with excitement? It was really um, a milestone. You know, it felt like, wow, here we are because, you know, you can pay to get an articles on the internet. I don't know if people know that, but this was actually a feature of me where they approached me to do the feature. So it was um, them wanting to have me. And, you know, the topic of the article was something I was super passionate. It was about why stability shouldn't be our only goal. And so it was about leaving that nine to five taking that risk and watching it actually work instead of being too afraid to make that leap. So the topic as well was really passionate for me. That's so great. Wow. I'll have to link that below so you can send that to me so everybody can read that. Um, What has been the biggest learning curve for you in kind of figuring out your own career and having charge over all of it? I will be honest. The number one thing I did not expect is how much mindset and mindset work plays into not only just having an Instagram account, but owning a business, building a business and being a leader. And I will be completely frank. I am not someone who journals. I don't meditate. I don't do yoga. I don't have a thoughtfulness practice in my life. I never have. And the more I got into entrepreneurship and working with people, I realized, whoa, it is not about teaching people the steps. You can teach people the steps all day long, but all we are all victims to our own stories and mindsets and limiting beliefs. And I see two women next to each other and one believes she can do it and one believes she can't. And the results are just outstandingly different. And so I have really implemented a lot more thoughtfulness into learning about things like just even energetic exchanges and, you know, attitude shifts and all of these things, because that is truly the key to success. And nobody tells you that getting in, you know, you think it's about how much knowledge you need to learn and sure you need to know some things, but if you believe you can do it, that is the secret. Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes is she believed she could, so she did. And I'm like, wow, that just perfectly encapsulates the whole effect of mindset um, and how important it is for going into anything that you do. Um, And so you did mention stability and I did want to touch on that. So social media is kind of a fickle thing. In your idea, in your mind, how sustainable is social media as a career for people long-term? Yeah. Great question. I really do believe that if you are in the business of getting clients, so if you are getting one-to-one clients or you're doing work with other people, if you have an audience of 50, you have 50 people that you could work with. So in that game of like numbers, I still think that no matter how many people are following you, if you did the work or if you stayed present with it and did the work, you could still make a living off of social media for a long time to come. But I do think the days of millions of followers and influencing and doing the traditional, uh, that blogging type of route is going to experience a lot of shifts. And what I mean by that is like, 
the instant validation is not going to be there. And my fear for a lot of people is that that will deter them from even starting, trying or continuing because the growth is not there. The numbers aren't there. The, all the things that used to be have changed. So if you are an entrepreneur, I think you're still in good shape for quite a while. But if you are looking to just grow to have like an influencer platform, it's going to get incrementally more challenging if you don't have a message behind what you do. Mm, that's a good point. So talk about the algorithm. What, what do we need to know? I mean, I feel like it's just changing every single day. Like where, where can we really find that sweet spot to grow with what we have? Yeah, the biggest tip I can give anybody is that the number one thing that you're facing right now is obscurity. So you're not facing how many hashtags to use and which ones and what this, that, and the other thing. You need visibility and to get unobscure because we've all come across an account where we're like, these photos are good and these captions are awesome, but why do they only have 500 followers? Like, where is everybody? This account is great. And they are facing obscurity. Just people don't know they exist because when they do, they're going to love it. So we are, we are needing to be more creative. We can't beat the algorithm, but what we can do is we can control what we're doing. So doing strategic partnerships, leveraging other people's audiences, doing really compelling content that helps cut through the noise and isn't the same thing that everybody else has been saying if you convert well on video and you know you have the cutest dog and husband and house <laughs> and whatever, like get them on your reels and like maximize what you have to start raising yourself up. So for example, um, I am now going to be doing like a live series on my account where I'm going to pull in other entrepreneurs. And of course it's to give them visibility and add value to my audience, but also I hope that their audience then says, Hey, why is she over on this page? What is this page about? Okay, cool. Let me learn more. I'm going to follow her. And that is like, if all we're doing is posting and hashtagging, we're doing it the slowest way possible, right? We're like, we're keeping ourselves hidden as much as possible. We want to get out there, move, shake, leverage, befriend people and get some visibility in other ways too. Amazing. So I saw you are talking about the milestone challenge on Instagram. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that for us? Yeah. So before I tap into this, so Instagram is now trying to make the platform a little more friendly for creators to get paid in competition with TikTok, which I think is fantastic. We've all mm-hmm. wanted Instagram to pay us for years, you know, and now yes. <laughs> so Instagram is willing to pay people up to $500 for now. Um, in order to achieve a series of milestones when you go live. Now, the first thing is that you need to be a business or creator account. Second thing, you need to have it rolled out to you. So if you're listening and you're saying, "Uh oh, what is she talking about? You probably just don't have it yet. So that's okay. And be patient. Um, But essentially, if you go live for 15 minutes, you get $100. If you go live with somebody else for 30 minutes, you get $150. And then if you go live for 15 minutes every week for four weeks, you get $250 totaling $500. So I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, for, especially for a smaller creator who's never maybe made much of anything off of Instagram, 500 bucks is a great month. You know, it's a great cash to, um, to gain from your audience and it makes people use the features. So I think it's great. 
That's awesome. Do you think that they're going to start to cap out on how many people can do it at a time? I wonder how, I mean, where can the money come from? How many right. can you pay? I, you know, there's probably a billion business accounts. So if all of those people start going live all the time, I don't know where that money is going to come from. So yes, I do believe there has to be some sort of finite amount, but it's not coming anytime soon, at least. It's so exciting. I feel like I'm, I think I don't have it yet, which I'm bummed about, but it looks so fun to just, you know, get people live and in front of their audience, Um, which I did want to ask another part is how do you determine what your voice is supposed to be on Instagram? What is the message that we're supposed to be putting out there? It's a challenge for some people to really get there. Others have a ton of clarity and they really, they really get what they're doing and others, you know, they're just trying everything and there's nothing wrong with that. But I will say the faster that you get to uncover your message, you really are able to grow and lean into your content and understand what you should be doing in a different, deeper way. The place where I would start for people is asking yourself, like, so this is what I recommend doing is making a timeline. So like grab a piece of paper, draw a line through it and above the line, write out every like big win that you've had a big moment big transformation, something that was really impactful in your life. And then below the line, you can write negative things, things that you didn't want to happen, or it was a bad, bad day. When you look at the things that positively happen, you might start to realize patterns. Like I am really, really passionate about talking about overcoming fears because look at how many times I have taken a huge risk and it's paid off or look at every time that I started a new relationship, or I, I had a family or like all these beautiful things that have happened in my life, which of these are things that I really want to talk about or help others with or share. And we realize that we actually have a lot of knowledge and we've been through a lot when we look back at the bigger picture and we say, okay, I know that for example, being a mom has been the best thing I've ever done. Right. And I want to help other young moms get through those first challenging five years of life with their kids, because I know for us, it was really challenging. And so you can start to lean into those types of things. But when you do get that clarity, I can promise that the the skies start to open for you a little bit and you really get a lot of clarity on what you want to do. So if you're struggling with that right now, I do have an IGTV on my page around niching down that I think would be helpful if if anyone is really struggling with that type of question. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I personally, with all my clients, I focus a lot on niching down for them because it's kind of like, I just want to do everything and I want to have my hand in every single thing, which is great. But if you're like multi-passionate like me, you really need to make sure you're focusing it in the right direction. Um, So yes, definitely give us that link. I will link that below for everybody else who wants to listen. Um, From the social side of things in selling, how do you combat coming off like you're just trying to sell? everything that you do. Yeah. The first piece of that is believing that what you sell can help people. So I do not sell things to people that I don't think will help them. I have people come to me all the time. Hey, Dre, can I join your one-on-one mentorship? Can I work with you for the next year? And I'll assess where they're at and I'll say, you're not a great fit for where we're at right now. But I do have a suite of products, which now has allowed me to more um, clearly recommend where people need to be or recommend them to other friends. So 
that is the mentality shift I had to learn getting into business is my very first product. I was so excited that people were interested that whether they were a good fit or not, I didn't have an application process and people could purchase. So people purchased because they were excited, but they weren't an excellent fit for that program because I didn't have an application or I didn't have those steps. And I learned a lot from that where now if someone comes to me and they're like, you know, is impact to income for me, I'm in this stage, I can tell them no, but I would love for you to apply next year, or I would love for you to join us at a different time. So that is a big energetic shift. Um, I also create products that I'm proud of. So I think that when people are shy to sell, they either don't believe that their product actually works or they don't believe it's right for that person that they're talking to. And so I always make sure that those boxes are checked. Um, but it really is, you know, coming from a place of service, if they need it, they want it, they want that outcome. And I have the solution for it. I have no problem talking to people about it, but other mm -hmm. than that, um, I don't feel salesy because I do feel like my products are awesome and everybody should want them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that's so true. You know, when you hop on Instagram stories, it just seems so genuine and just like you're excited to talk about it and not timid at all. Um, so yeah, talk us, talk us through your products. Do you offer one-on-one -on -one training, group training? What are some of the things that you have for people? So I'm going through a big seismic shift. I'm getting away from um, lower ticket, like passive offers and moving into more impactful containers. So I have a program called the Social CEO, which is a six month mentorship program for coaches, people who want to become coaches. So it's coaching program for coaches. Mm -hmm. um, it's awesome because the whole premise is like, be yourself, amplify who you are. It's not about trying to be somebody else to be successful. I also have one-on-one -on -one coaching that is typically for people who are making already anywhere from like seven to 15 K online a month and are looking to scale and improve that or, and just have accountability. And then I have a beginner program. It's a passive course called the elevated Instagram. This is for people who um, know how to use Instagram, but they're not using it effectively across the board from content, hashtags, engagement, messaging, all those things they're having struggles with. So it's, it's my number one best-selling course. I mean, I've, I've, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of that course. Um, so I'm always going to keep that one because it's awesome, but I'm going to, I work with people who are a little bit, um, more into the business side of Instagram. They either want to be a coach or sell digital products or courses and things like that. That's great. Yeah. So do you work with people who want to be creators on Instagram and I guess more in the influencer, I, I used to call them like inspirers more than influencers. Do you work with those people too? I do. I, I had a membership for a long time called the Compensated Creative, which was dedicated to people maximizing their influence or income. We've closed the membership and we rolled all of the trainings into a passive like video bundle. So people can just purchase essentially like a library of trainings. Uh, so it's not a course. I wouldn't call it a course. I would call it like an asset library. Mm. And it's awesome. You know, it's great. We had tons of great successes in that program. And I love helping influencers. It's just like the longer term vision for me is that business side, the course side, the, the coaching side that I'm truly more passionate about. But uh, I love helping influencers get wins too. 
That's awesome. I feel like that's one of the things that um, people need that boost of encouragement from people like you who have a great platform and are really passionate about what they do. Um, So can you share a little bit about your own journey of being a blogger, specifically a food blogger? How did that affect you and contribute to what you're doing today? Yeah, you know, starting the food blog was just something I was passionate about. I had fun, um, made a lot of mistakes, took bad photos, like had no idea what was going on half the time. But food is a really high growth niche. So like there are certain niches that are high growth, like puppies and bikini models and fitness and things like that. And food is also one of them. Um, And I didn't know that at the time, it was just kind of a happy accident that I liked food and that's where it went. But so my account grew really fast and I was really excited by that. I was thought it was so fun. I was like, this is incredible that people follow me for this stuff. Um, but then, you know, as I started teaching, I was teaching on my stories and people were more like, Ooh, we want this type of content. And I realized I had a, a decision to make. I had to either be popular or profitable. And I wanted to make that shift of like, do I want to just influence or do I want to be a business owner? And I, I'm not saying that influencers are not businesses. They 100% are, but the way that you conduct business as a like course creator or coach is a lot different than right. an influencer. And, you know, I, I joined a mastermind and I started seeing what these women were doing and what they were capable of and what they're accomplishing. And I said, I'm having fun with the food. I love it but I have to make this shift and take a run at creating my own business while the, the getting is good. And so I really started doing a slow pivot. I would still do a lot of food and I would still talk about coaching and I'd kind of blend it all in together. But now I'm like 10% food, 90% coaching instead of like a 50, 50 blend that I used to be. And, you know, some people did unfollow me and people were like, uh, you know, you're not, doing the same stuff anymore. And I, my ego hurt a few times where I was like, oh, but I miss when everyone like loved the food and they were all here for that. But that wasn't helping me build a legacy. That wasn't helping me go anywhere with what I wanted to do with my career. And so it, it had to change, but you know, that's life. And I'm glad that I'm where I'm at now. Yeah, it's incredible. I love seeing your little food stories. I think they're so fun. Um, I'm just a huge foodie myself, but um, yeah, no, absolutely. That's so great. So do you have any plans for growth in the future? Anything you want to hint at projects you're working on? Yeah. So I am opening up the Scale Your Social Mastermind. It's going to be in August. This is for people who are roughly around 5k monthly revenue off of Instagram right now, doing whatever it is they're doing, whether it's influencing, selling courses or coaching, and they're looking to scale that up to 10 to 15 K months and really want to be in the presence of other women who get it also have a lot of insight and want to see you win. I think that doing online entrepreneurship alone is the most misery filled way to do it. And so getting support from other people who really want you to win and be there for you is um, my recommendation for any early stage entrepreneurs. I also um, launched and sold out a retreat for September, but it was so popular 
that we are going to host a second retreat probably in February of next year. That's awesome. But I'll be opening up again soon. That's so exciting. So if people are interested in finding out more about you, what you do, anything you offer, where can they find that? The best place to find me is Time of Dre on Instagram. If you are a coach specifically, you might want to also follow me at Dre Fox. That's D-R-E-F-O-X. That's my account all about coaching related tips and tricks. Um, but yeah, DM me, connect with me there, and I'll have a variety of fun things linked to my bio for you to take a look at depending on when you find this podcast. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Jay. This is amazing. So jam packed with a bunch of information. I'm so thankful for you to come on and just talk to us about it. I appreciate you having me here and also having this conversation really valuable to have. Absolutely. Yes. And thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Here and Now podcast. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes below and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.